Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's 105 at Edmonton, hour number two of Oilers Now, brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. In this hour from the Cult of Hockey in the Edmonton Journal, David Staples, the newest member of the Edmonton Oilers out of the University of Alberta, Noah Philp. And our regular uh, Wednesday contributor to the show from Legacy Heating and Cooling, our NHL insider, is John Shannon. You can reach us on the River Cree Resort Casino hotline at 780-496-0063, the River Cree Resort Casino, excitement, bet on it. And you can text us, and we might get to a couple texts here, time permitting, on our Ashley Five Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors, One hundred and forty. 3rd Street and 111th Avenue open Monday to Saturday. We'll tell you Japanese Village open to serve you at any one of their five Edmonton and area locations. Try the legendary Wagyu steak cooked right before your eyes. Reserve now at jvedmonton.ca. All right, into the Ashley Fine Floors text line before we uh, hook up here with David Staples. Uh, Randy and Brooks says, Bob, I've been on board with you regarding Bouchard. He's young and will make mistakes, but what the double hockey sticks was he doing last night? The Hale uh, Mary stretch pass in the dying moments of the third last night tie game against a non-playoff team was irresponsible and foolish, almost cost us the game. Smith saved his butt. Makes me wonder from Randy and Brooks. Boy, I... I thought, you know what, if we're going to assess things last night, I mean, Darnell Nurse had a sequence right after Mike Smith got hurt where he reversed back into his own own zone. And was it Meyer or Hurdle? I think it was Hurdle. It stripped him on the play, and Smith had to make an unbelievable save. Unbelievable stop to keep it. a And, and another guy, I, for me, last night, I actually communicated this with another media member last night. Good guy. Uh, yes, a pulley Harvey. Like, he was fighting it last night. I thought, actually, Bouchard had one of his most competitive games, for what it's worth. All right, just before we go to the River Creek Resort Casino hotline, because he's referenced the game-winning goal on Twitter, uh, David Staples coming up from the Cult of Hockey. All right, let's, let's take a trip down memory lane from last night's game, Cam, with the call. He'll skate down that left side, in over the Oilers line, drops it, burn, shot, oh, oh glove save, and Smith will poke it to center, a breakaway, McDavid scores! Connor McDavid on the long pass from Mike Smith! There you have it. We bring aboard from the Cult of Hockey Provincial Affairs columnist for the Edmonton Journal. 
David Staples. Hi, David. How are you doing? Hey, Bob. I'm doing good. How are you? Good. You've watched the video 10,000 times? <laughs> I'm in the process of doing it. I'm probably up to about 4,372. Not that I'm counting. That was such a great... It is such a great pass. I mean, if, if a defenseman or any other player had made that pass, we'd be raving about it. But for a goalie to pull off that pass in the heat of the moment... And the weird thing about it, and I'm, I'm sure I'm imagining this, but when it hits the blue line, the puck crosses the blue line, it looks like it starts to curl towards Connor McDavid, as if he's put some spin on it or something like Hector Gervais. Like, it's, an, it's such an incredible play. And, um, Did you so just unexpected. drop a Hector Gervais on us? I, I just dropped a Hector. <laughs> I You're did. going old school. I always kind of thought Paul, was it Paul Galsall? I think he passed away a couple of years ago. Jack passed away a long time ago. But Paul Galsall was a, the, the wild, sort of funky, cool kids curler in the 70s. And Heck was the old school guy that uh, sort of post-seated the dominance of the Richardsons out of Saskatchewan. But I digress. Uh, David, we have seen this before. We saw a similar type of sequence with... Dwayne Rollison and Michael Pekka during the 2006 Stanley Cup playoffs against San Jose. Well, you and Bruce McCurdy remember that, Bob, but I, it's not coming to mind. I'm sure it happened. But uh, was it just as good as that one? No. No? Okay. Cause, no, because it wasn't in overtime. And it was it was a little bit different. Like, it, but now it was five on five, or four yeah. on four. But uh, I think one of them was. I think he actually got two. I think Rowley got two assists that year in the playoffs, where he found a way. And he and he swat because he remember how unorthodox he was. Oh yeah. yeah, Like he couldn't handle a puck. Like Smith can flat out handle a puck, David. So, and you know that. The beauty of last night's game is it was a beautiful finish to an ugly game. Like, Edmonton didn't have a lot of juice at all. They clearly missed Drysaddle. San Jose sat back in a 1-1-3. Like, you know, like, Gregor looked good for them because he can skate. You know, but, and, and that top line of Hurdle and Meyer and Barabanov were dangerous. The orders, I mean, the RV, for me, I mean, two pucks right in front of the net. He barely got a shot off the one time and completely missed it. Like, there, I, I'm serious about this. Part and I know that there's other media people that have talked about the length of his stick and and the the lie of his stick and that sort of thing. He, on the one, he literally looked like Bambi on ice. Like it was like like there there are thousands of guys listening to the show right now that played a decent level of hockey as a kid. And they would have at least gotten a shot on the goal. He didn't even get a shot on the goal. Like the Oilers, what I'm saying here is they had very little juice going until they got the shorty last night, David. And maybe that's a good sign. Maybe it's a good sign they didn't have it and they still found a way to get the win. Well, it's a it's a good and lucky sign. I mean, um, yes, a Pulley-Yarvi. I mean, he's yes, a Pulley-Yarvi, not Yari Pulley-Yarvi. I mean, he, maybe we're just expecting too much. He's not going to be... He's not an elite finisher. He's not an elite shooter of the puck. Now, will he get better at that as he goes along? Yes. I, I think it's. I think what I like to do with him, because he's getting a lot of heat today for this, and I think it's fair. 
um, when I look at the grade A shots totals and how many he converts on, they, on average, about 25% of them go in, and he's converting on this year about 16, 17% of his grade A shots. His shooting percentage is 9.2 this year, which is his career average, which is the NHL average um, this season. So he's just, for a forward, he's a below average shooter in terms of shooting percentage. And, um, I don't know if that's going to change much. What I like to focus you know, his total game, though. I think he's. I think he's a. He's a big glue player. I think he's strong defensively. He wins battles on the boards. He's good in front of the net. He forechecks well. He defends well. He backchecks well. He he adds a lot to his line. It's just when you're with Connor McDavid, there's an expectation that you're going to score, and you're going to get these great chances where you, where the owners kind of need a goal now and then will need goals and he's going to probably convert a little bit less than a top rate sniper he's going to That's a completely fair assessment on your yeah. part. He does do it like the guy's, you know, he's tied for plus 21 just admit McDavid went plus 22 after the OT goal last night. Uh so the puck is in the opposition end when he's on the ice. When he's engaged and on the forecheck he does backtrack. It's just he doesn't finish. The problem is going to be What's the demand for compensation for him, right? Like, uh, we have yep. people that text the show that think he should be a $5 million a year player. And I'm like, not yet. I mean, because productivity has to be part of that offensive. That's This is the same reason why Bouchard, and there's criticism over Bouchard. David, he's going to, next year, like, let's just say hypothetically they change the makeup of their D and Bouchard's on the first unit power play. He's going to get, I'm, I'm telling you right now, he's going to get 45 to 60 points next year. And he's going to get paid for that because that's what happens when you put up those type of numbers. And in Paul Yarvey's case, good plus player, good two-way player. I mean, if, if you paid him like a third-line player, it'd be fine. The, the, the problem is that he doesn't finish like a, a top six. At this stage, maybe it comes in time. That's my hope with him. So it's going to be really, and David, hey, I just got to pass this along. This is the sort of listeners we have, David. Uh, Fear of the Fin says Bob, it was Timo Meyer that stripped uh, Nurse at the end of the game and, and forced Smith to make a great save. And the juice is text us to say, Bob, Roly Tepeka was shorthanded in overtime. Uh, shorthanded. So there you go. <laughs> I don't know how much Billy Harvey's going to ask. It's it's going to be an issue. I mean, Farabee and Batherson contracts might be held up as examples, and they got five million. I don't know if his point scoring is comparable. Uh, his points per sixty yeah. even strength, but uh, you know, I'm sure he will try to maximize the amount of money, and he should do that as a player. And the Oilers are going to have some decisions to make, and and they're going to have to see if they can move other contracts out in order to to keep Yamamoto, Billy Harvey, and Kane. So maybe that's possible. Maybe they can find a way to do it, but it might mean that Pugliarvi doesn't sign a five-year deal, that he signs a bridge contract. And same with Yamamoto, uh, shorter-term contracts. So um, we'll see. Uh, Pugliarvi, by the way, I mean, if he, don't get me wrong. He's an excellent third-line winger because of what he can do. The question is, is there an expectation that he immediately gets signed on a long-term deal as a top-six guy? He's in the top-six right now. And it just last night was one of those nights where he was fighting the puck. All right. Uh, who's Michael Jans, by the way? He's a city councillor um, from the city centre. Uh, was former school board chairman. And I think he's run for the NDP either federally or provincially. I'm not sure about that. David, you have centre-left people, and I know they are, texting the show. 
that are on your side. I don't know what the hell happened, but... Oh, about I'm, mosquitoes, I'm... maybe, Bob. They canceled the mosquito spraying program in Edmonton. And I was shocked. I mean... Did you call somebody an idiot? No, I didn't. I wouldn't okay. do that. But I did say this might be the worst city council we've ever had. So um, I guess that is an insult. You're getting um, surprised. In, uh, these are guys that have often said, I hate when you have David on the show. You know, tell... Uh, <laughs> Uh, tell the UCP speechwriter that uh, we don't need him to, to come on and talk about it. Anyhow, I'm having I'm some fun. I'm more popular than mosquitoes, Bob, is all, all we can say from this. What's that? <laughs> I'm more popular than mosquitoes are, I guess. People hate yeah. mosquitoes more than they hate me. And and I, I get that because I, I can't imagine. Like, maybe people forget what it's like in Edmonton when we have a bad summer with mosquitoes because we haven't had one. But it is horrible here. It's almost unlivable. So I can't imagine why they did that. Can I tell you something? All those years I planted trees, mosquitoes were bad. People thought horse flies are bad. Black flies are bad. The worst are deer flies. Those, they have the hardest shell possible and they sting. And like, and they particularly target your back, right? Like they're really good. And, and it's so that's when I was flexible. I could still reach back and swat them. Now I'm too fat to do that. But I'm telling you, deer flies, I could, I could handle the mosquitoes. Mind you, the one year we were 89, we went to Manitowoc and, uh, and Blind River in Ontario. And the black, the black flies and the snakes were bad because there used to be garter snakes all over the little place and freak everybody out. We've gone totally off the uh, rails here. So I'm going to ask you this question. Uh, since Jay Wincroft has taken over, the Oilers are tied for the most wins in the NHL. Now, they don't have the best winning percentage, but they're 18-7-2, and, and he's had three five-game winning streaks. Is, is this an illustration? Is this the dead cat bounce that's just been extended, or is this because the Oilers are playing like a different team? Obviously, they're healthier, but is there something going on here with Wincroft? It's too early to know whether this is sustainable with a coach, but it is a different team, and it's a team with more offensive confidence. It's a team where players, some players like Ryan McLeod, some of the younger players, I think, feel a bit more empowered, and I'm just guessing that. But this team's creating more grade-A shots under under Jay Woodcroft than they did under Tippett, and it's a team that is really attacking well again. So, you know, we see the obvious flaws in this team. It has a hard time with leads. It almost gave up the lead last night. As soon as they got the or tied the game 1-1, they started giving up five alarm scoring chances against for the rest of the game until McDavid scored. So this is a team that has some trouble defending and has some trouble in net. But Woodcroft, is he's finding a way to win by ramping up that offensive attack and trying to convince these players to come back hard on the back check to win the puck back. Kind of the, I, I think it's the uh, Manchester City model of soccer, where the whole goal is to win back possession as quickly as you can. Liverpool. Liverpool. Uh, Jurgen Klopp, Liverpool, Gegenpress. That's what that is. Uh, so that's what they're doing. And it's a good, I think it's a good kind of mental, um, it's a good slogan. It's like, we're not going to, he he's not stressing like we're going to just play solid defensive fundamental hockey. It's like, no, we're going to win the puck back on the back check so we can attack again. He's speaking their language and he's building up their confidence. And I, I, I just think we see a really confident offensive attacking hockey team right now. And um, it'll be interesting to see if they can play strong enough defensive hockey to win some playoff games or not. Um, hasn't happened in, in some time. Their goal sharing out Darcy McLeod, a.k.a. what guy passed along some of the numbers. I mean, top eight in the league in goal share five on five, David. What does that mean? 
is this is this for overall this year or since Woodcroft took since no, Woodcroft since took Woodcroft's over? taken over they're top eight in the league and yeah they're, five I mean Bob they, they have a they have a plus seven hundred winning percentage since Jay Woodcroft took over that's they're in the top five there's five teams doing that so these five elite teams right now in the in the kind of the short Woodcroft era that are doing really well and the Oilers are one of them so it's it's like a mirror image almost of the start of the season under Tippett um, that was also really encouraging was it that was that was you know I was thinking yeah this is this is it I'm a little last bullish now honestly because I see the defense they just struggle to hold those leads so we'll see we'll see what happens uh, you know I'll tell you why I'm a little it. more go ahead yeah. sorry David all right now I cut you off I feel bad uh, at the start of the year when they were 16 and 5, we knew it was a lot about special teams and there was concern about depth. And for me, specifically depth at forward. They didn't have Kane. Uh, and then, you know, the, the, now, they, now they're relatively healthy. And for me, they're not relying on the special. Like they, they were 16 and 5 because they had an off the charts power play and pretty good penalty killing. Right? They had a huge, they were like plus 21 in goal differential on special teams. What I like is that they've done this 5v5. Like their special teams are basically flat since Woodcroft has coached the team in terms of goals for and goals against. And don't forget to factor in shorthanded goals because they've, they've scored a few. But what I like is it is because it's 5v5. So those, like are there scoring, you guys monitor scoring chances. Yep. Under Woodcroft, are they getting more scoring chances, and are they giving up fewer? Like, what what do the numbers suggest? Are way more. They're it's and it's way better at even strength. It's kind of a saw off right now on special teams in terms of grade A shots. But at even strength, the orders are crushing the opposition uh, by two or three grade A chances a game um, ahead of the opposition. It's and, and it, that is remarkable. So, nonetheless, we're seeing them get these leads in games and not being able to hold them. Right? We've seen it again and again and it's kind of worrisome so uh, I don't know like they, they seem to, to lack that shutdown demon I mean the pairing of Tyson Berry and uh, Brett Kulak is encouraging but they are kind of playing bottom pairing minutes and if they move up and play against tougher competition can they have equal success maybe that's going to be the answer for the Oilers to, to, for Berry and Kulak to get more difficult minutes see how they do with that and that's going to be part of the answer but uh, right now there is this issue on defense David, is it entirely fair to say Edmonton's a better five-on-five team and could create more offensively come playoff time, but also still remains a concern defensively because playoff time, they've got the type of defense that is not necessarily built to shut down cycles. Is that fair? I think we're all worried about if they play a big, tough, physical team like Calgary in the playoffs or even Los Angeles in the playoffs. What's going to happen, you know, when they get start to get crushed on the forecheck? And can their, you know, the scissors beat stones? Uh, is, is it a rock, I should say? The scissors beat rock? I don't think it does. So, you know, they can cut through you with their passes, but are they going to get crushed with the heavy hitting? We'll see. I mean... It's just, it's going to be an interesting test. And, and then add in the goaltending issue with the Oilers. The Oilers have actually been getting pretty good goaltending in the last little while as well, um, except for a, a few down moments from Smith. But what's it going to be like in the playoffs, Bob? Can, you know, can they count on Mike Smith or Miko Koskinen to take them through? I mean, that just it strikes me as an iffy proposition. David, how do people follow you? Um, at D Staples on Twitter. And if they want information on uh, mosquito bylaws, how do I follow you there? <laughs> At David Staples Yeg on Twitter.
All right. Thank you for your time, and thanks for being patient when I cut you off there. My apologies. Oh, no problem, Mike. Uh, thanks, Bob. Bye. Yvette, from the cult of hockey, that is David Staples. It is current. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 124 at Edmonton. We'll take a step out, come back with a couple of your texts on Oilers Now. Oilers and the LA Kings tomorrow, CBA mandated off day today. Uh, Leon Dreisettel did not play last night in San Jose. I think he's going to try to uh, will himself in uh, for tomorrow's game against the Kings. Dreisettel was on a 12-game point streak coming out of that game yesterday due to a, a lower body issue. 12 goals and 22 points in his last 12 games. Uh, so we uh, shall see. Connor McDavid, meanwhile, on a 14-game point streak after scoring the GWG and OT last night. Cars cost less than Wetasco and Brentridge Ford and Wetasco are now 11-time President's Award winners for customer satisfaction. It's a tremendous honor for their staff and Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang dedicated to ensuring your customer service, which... Uh, your customer service experience and the expectation at uh, Brent Ridge Ford and Metasquin is that they'll look after you and that your experience will be an outstanding one. And you know what? The best way to get a vehicle right now uh, through Brent Ridge Ford is to order one. And there are currently discounts available from both Brent Ridge Ford and Ford Motor Company. You can reach them at one eight seven seven four seven seven Ford. That's one eight seven seven three six seven three or at brentridge.com. We have time to peel into the Ashley Five Floors text line for yeah, let's go for a minute or two here. Again, you can text us. Uh, Randy says, Bob, $10 million a year for three of Kane, Yamamoto, and JP over under. Uh, I'll take over all day. Um, Kane's going to get paid. In his wherever he ends up in his next deal. I mean, he is uh, uh, you know, he's I mean, David said it, he's produced like a 40 goal score. Uh, You know, that's the reality of the situation. IMAX says, Bob, I don't usually disagree with you, so my texts aren't interesting, but a couple things, (laughs) well, if it's any consolation, IMAX, a lot of times I'm not that interesting either. Uh, Anyhow, I digress. Uh, When you say that Nurse and others always work on the game, why is it going the wrong way with Darnell? I just think that he's on the ice lots. He plays in lots of situations, and he plays 25 minutes a game. Doesn't play power play time, so he doesn't benefit there. And with Bouchard, the same question. Urgency can't be learned. It should have been burned out of him from day one because we've screwed it up all along from IMAC. IMAC, patience is a virtue. That's what I would tell you on Evan Bouchard. You don't know what you got with a D until about 300 games in the league. Off to a global news weather traffic update. When we come back, we'll talk to Noah Phillip who was signed yesterday by the Edmonton Oilers, and John Shannon in the final half hour of the show. Eileen Bell up next. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon 
on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.